Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic. I just woke up from a nap, you know, got to work nights tonight. And um, yeah, so just checking out the cobwebs, driving my, uh, got my monster here. It's a pink one. Get in touch with my feminine side or something, maybe. And uh, some caffeine. We'll see. Yeah, I just, I'm up from a nap as well. I wonder if Liberty Expert Nation naps as much as I do. Uh, I don't have oh, night man. shift, but it's just good. It's good. Naps are good. So we wanted to talk about the, I suppose, the residential schools and the finding of these bodies. We've not recorded uh, in a little bit. And maybe we'll turn this around. We can post it right away. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, I don't understand why people are, <laughs> why everyone is uh, freaking out and making such a big deal out of this. My understanding is that we knew this was the case. We knew that, you know, there was mass, quote, mass death. Um, and now we're just finding bodies, right? So it's yeah. not that this is new information. This isn't shocking. Um, but, you know, some people will call me a cold, cold calloused person for viewing it that way. Um, yeah. I've also heard, I mean, the skeptic of me, the skeptic in me has heard also that, like, well, why all of a sudden is the government so concerned with, you know, pursuing this and finding this uh, fully, like discovering all the bodies, and let's say, because it's, it's, again, it's been known. Um, so why is it a priority now all of a sudden? Yeah, and I think those are, you know, those are two separate questions, I guess. So the, the way I look at it, it's like, okay, we knew a murder happened. It's like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer can, uh, confessing to horrific atrocities and we had no reason to disbelieve him uh, because people are missing and you know we've heard the stories and now we're finding the bodies and it's horrific it's like really driving it home um, you know years later that yeah these were nameable individuals that um, that suffered and died in this horrible way and um, you know, it's a reminder and, you know, and the separate question is, okay, why are they only getting to this now? Like, why, why is it that they're doing this now? Is it that this technology is uh, sufficient now to, to, you know, discover what's going on without mass excavation? I'm sure ground penetrating radar has existed for a while. Why haven't, why are they just starting to do this now? You know, that's, or, you know, th th that's, those are interesting questions. And, um, uh, you know, I have no doubt that, um, I, like anything, I think it's opportunistic, right? I, you know, that, that there's things that come around for uh, authoritarians to uh, leverage to their advantage. And, you know, I, I don't know who did the first ground penetrating radar look it could have been a nonprofit group or something like that that just finally raised enough money or is like, this is something we've been wanting to do for a while. Let's do it. And holy shit, let's uh, make some stink about this. And then it just caught on in the media. And, you know, it's now um, a political football, like anything that gets into the media becomes. And that that's where it's at. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, th this is something that uh, all Canadians learn about. I think in, in public school system is the horrors and abuses of residential schools. Um, that, that, you know, the state in coordination with the Catholic and other Christian churches rounded up these kids, tore them away from their families, kidnapped them, put them in these horribly abusive institutions where they suffered uh, sexual abuse, uh, starvation, um, horrific abuse, and, and early death, um, you know, at the hands of, uh, of the state. And of course, the libertarian point in all this is that, of course, had there been a libertarian government, um, what they did was initiate, initiate violence. And that would be outlawed. And instead of protecting people from that sort of predation, the state actively engaged in it. Um, and it comes back to not, you know, like all great evil in this world, um, a lot of it was done by so-called bleeding hearts with good intentions. You know, the, the, the zeitgeist of the time when residential schools was were implemented was that, look, the West has has all this amazing technology. We've discovered enlightenment principles. We've discovered um, all this amazing technology and science and innovation. And now the right thing to do is impose it on the rest of the world and, and bring them the amazing insights of Western civilization at gunpoint if necessary, right? And so we have colonization and we have, uh, you know, the marching of kids off to these things so that we can impart on them, you know, if we want to, this is what the progressives essentially of the era were cheerleading. And just like the progressives of the era today, cheerlead public education and health um, and don't see the evils that occur in it. And, you know, I read one statistic lately that something like one in 10 uh, public school child will suffer um, sexual misconduct, will we'll experience sexual misconduct from staff uh, that gets paycheck from the government. Um, you know, these, the horrors, you know, not as bad as residential schools, perhaps, but still bad. There's still abuse going on today. Uh, and forced education. I mean, you know, someone on Twitter asked me, well, why, why is it that, um, like I said, you know, the state ought to be separated from education. Uh, you can't use point guns at people and, uh, you know, <laughs> pointing guns and education don't go together. And he's like, well, no one marched me off to school at gunpoint. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to see the gun in the room, mister, here's what you do. If you have kids, refuse to send them to school, refuse to pay any taxes that go to schools. When the state asks you and demands to know what your child is getting for education, because one of the mandates, at least in Alberta, and I think in most jurisdictions, is the state is vested in knowing that you're homeschooling your kid and they want to see evidence of your curriculum, refuse to report anything to the, the state about what you're doing. Just separate yourself completely from the state when it comes to education. And when the enforcers come and make demands, push back and refuse to cooperate. And when they escalate force, just push back with an equal and opposite force. And pretty soon the guns will come out and you will be shot dead if you continue on that route. I mean, you know, that this is, this is force. Education uh, is mandated by the state. It's compulsory by the state and, it, and, and the curriculum needs to be approved by the state. And your... Um, 
and you are forced to support this if you are a taxpayer. And so, you know, the, the, there's all sorts of force here. And and this is what drives me nuts. And conservatives aren't that much better. I mean, they argue about the curriculum in the education and say, well, this should be the curriculum. You should teach the controversy about intelligent design and, and versus evolution. And you should, uh, there should be prayer in schools. And, and, you know, we should be teaching arithmetic in this way and reading in this way. And we, this material is degenerate and shouldn't be taught in schools. Well, when that, what they should be arguing for and, and is the very idea of public schools to begin with are an affront to any ethical, moral minded person. So I, I, I think I'm interested to know how many of our listeners make this connection or are not offended by this connection. Because I imagine, um, you know, many of, let's call it the general public, would be offended that you're even at a time like this sort of thing, right? Like making this sort of connection sure. and talking about these issues at a time like this. Um but I suppose that's right. part of the and issue. and look well I, I want and I want to be clear I want to be clear here that I'm not I'm not saying these are equivalent evils okay I'm not saying that public schools today are the equivalent evil of a residential school I mean they're horrific and look if you go if you know First Nations people and you look at Indigenous communities the cycle of trauma that has been inflicted by the by residential schools and and um, this colonial attitude. And imposition of the state is multi-generational you know that it re reverberates through the generations and gets passed on to generation to generation i mean the people that were had that survived residential schools don't necessarily make the healthiest parents understandably i mean they were horribly traumatized and horribly traumatized children grow up into adults that have issues that that and and that trauma gets passed on to their children and so on and until the cycle of abuse you know and and unfortunately the only way to resolve that abuse it's not it's not their fault that they suffered and it's not their fault that they are the victims of it but unfortunately it comes down to the individual's responsibility to break that cycle and they can get support and help and they should uh, but they you know it has to be self-generated if, if it can't be again it, we can't colonize healing right we can't go in there and say okay guys we're gonna fix this the white man is gonna come in we we fucked up now we're gonna fix this i mean that's the same attitude that brought us residential schools and we can't inflict that again so the help has to be uh desired and it has to be done in a way that the individual is receptive to and wants but you know the point i'm making here is that most of the people that are standing on their soapbox and and lecturing to everyone about the horrors of residential schools are inflicting similar <laughs> thought on patterns it. on the population and and inflicting horrors on our our kids right now they fundamentally support the same system that led to the sure. residential schools right and that's what it's important for people to understand this quote right. progress right and 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 this look they're doing they're doing it from a place right. you, you you could be charitable here and say they're doing it from a place of empathy and compassion because think of the poor kids who aren't getting educated and how far behind they are uh so they have good intentions but this is this right. is the whole point of uh, you know i think 
philosophy, right? Philosophy, you know, most of the, the, the worst evils in the world were done by people who um, might have been compassionate and empathetic and trying to do the greater good or whatever. And but they did it at gunpoint. And, and so greater good can never come from that no good can come from that that's you know you can't inflict a moral bad and expect good to come from it and so this is where philosophy comes in and principle comes in and reason and it comes in because um you can have all the empathy and compassion and and good intentions in the world and th that can inflict the worst evil and people just don't seem to get this one, one last thing I wanted to ask about is what do you think of this like retaliation and burning of churches, right? Like there's people who are getting back at the church for having done this and they're burning like random churches. I also saw uh, there was one like church exclusively used by black. I mean, I'm laughing because it's, it's, it's terrible, but I can't help but laugh. It was like exclusively used by like black refugees and it's being burned by yeah. these like social justice people, um, which is, yeah, it's terrible. I apologize if you're, you're one of the black refugees at this church, but like it just so shows how disconnected from right. like any sense of justice or reality these people are. Um, yet this is there are some people, they, they think this is an appropriate response. Right. Well, and I made a made a pretty popular Facebook post about this got, that got a lot of shares and created a lot of talking points. And I and I said something like, "Look, you know, I, I showed a picture of a burning Catholic church that was, you know, about an hour north of where I live." And I said, "You know, there are some people who look at this and shrug and go, eh, it's understandable,' or even cheerlead it actively on, right? But then they would will balk at any any kind of defacement of." an Islamic church or, or a mosque or, or, you know, a synagogue or something like that and call it Islamophobic and, and think that it's the worst thing ever. Then there are other people who kind of shrug at, at people who, you know, express anger towards the Islamic community and maybe deface, you know, mosques and different things like that. And they're like, nah, I can understand it. And, but they look at this Catholic church as if it's burning, as if it's the worst evil. And I said, you got to pick one. Either people are, you know, people are who share a faith with criminals are responsible for those other people that those criminals actions or they're not. Um, you can't have it both ways. And most people seem to want it both ways. And, and I make the argument, of course, that, that people that go to these churches today it's very difficult for me to see how they're in any way responsible for the atrocities that happened in the past by nameable individuals, right? There was nameable individuals that, and I'm sure maybe there were some good priests and nuns even back then in the residential schools who, well, I, you know, they're part of an evil system, but you know, there, there are good school teachers today who, despite all the stuff, you know, try to do the best for their, for the kids, despite the fact that the kids are forced to go there, people are forced to pay their salary and they're forced to teach the government curriculum. Um, but we ought to hold the individuals responsible. And, you know, I, I think there's an, certainly an argument to be made that the institution of the church, you know, the leaders of the church that maybe aren't acknowledging the crimes that, that their institution supported in the past um, have some some guilt, but individual worshipers and priests who are 
you know, who have never harmed a, a, a flea, who get their money charitably through voluntary donations, who have never, you know, who do a lot of charitable work in the community. How, how are those people, why, why are we attacking them and destroying their property? And, and, and it really makes explicit the connection that isn't there, but that we're trying to be forced to believe is there, right? Like, oh, white guilt, right? I should be guilty. You and you and I should feel right. guilty and our generations and generations should feel guilty. We're responsible for slavery or whatever, right. right? Okay. And so in the abstract, I should just feel personally guilty because I have this privilege that black people don't have or whatever it is. Um, and okay, maybe like in the abstract, white people should pay reparations because they're guilty or whatever. But now we're seeing what it actually means to hold someone generations later accountable, quote unquote, for something they had nothing to do with right? just because of some trait they like. And so it's it's the same like, oh, well, you know, 50 years from now, are we going to be able to be as mean as we want to Afghanistanis because Osama bin Laden is an Afghanistani or whatever? I don't I mean, I don't even know if he actually is. Uh, he's yeah. Saudi, actually. But you know what I mean, right? Right. Uh, Afghani, it might be the right term, actually. But like, so, it's, but it's just making like we're, right. we're getting closer and closer to like the edge of collapse, so to speak, because sure. we're, we're actually saying, wow, we just realized we knew this happened, but we're really upset about it right now. So yeah. we're going to attack you because you're somehow connected to that thing in the past. Right. It, but but here and, and here's the thing, you know, all the people that are crying about about this, about the Catholic Church's burning, have no qualms saying we have to we have to stop immigration from people who hold illiberal ideas in their head. Right. Because they represent a threat to us. So, again, we are using state power to stop someone from from going from point A to point B, moving where they want because they have an and, and it you can kind of see their point because, okay, it, these people are likely to vote for a terrible government, but then the problem isn't the person's thought in their head. It's that mechanism that allows them to rule your life with those thoughts. So we have to separate thoughts from actions here right. it, and thoughts in and of themselves. You can have irrational evil thoughts and, and as long as you don't act on them, you could still be, uh, um, you know, a, not an evil person. And, and I made that point as well. Look, my, my neighbor believes in public education and believes that the government ought to be involved in welfare and ought to be involved in every part of our life with the pandemic and everything else and ought to be in charge of banking and this and that, the next thing. Well, you know, it, <laughs> as long as he doesn't act on those thoughts and point a gun at my kids and march them off to school or war, as long as he doesn't steal my money himself, he's just ha has an opinion. So I don't get to burn his house down. He's from what I can tell, a, a decent person other than his his ideas, if acted upon, are dangerous. And statism is the most dangerous religion there is. It's, you know, people acting on their earnestly statist belief, including, you know, I, I mean, the residential schools were possible because of statists, because of the religion of statism. Forget about Catholicism and all these other things. The, it, it wasn't the priests or the nuns, as far as I know, that were going door to door, collecting kids and forcing them away from their homes and kidnapping them. It was the state. It, it was all backed up by the state. And, it, and without those people with guns doing what they 
earnestly thought was the greatest good that they could initiate force because this was the greatest greatest good that was causing the evil. It was the you know it, it all started with having bad thoughts that led to bad actions. But if they just had the bad thoughts and didn't do the bad actions, um, you know we we don't use force against them, right? We try to persuade them and dissuade them from having these irrational belief systems that can eventually lead to violence. But you know that's free thought, free speech. That's the basis of Western civilization. That's what makes it great. Um, it's when we then act on that, that and, and initiate force against those who don't think like us that, that um, we get the evil. So, you know, I, I'm dead set against defacing mosques, dead set against burning churches, dead set against burning my neighbor's home, just because these people have irrational belief systems that could when acted upon you know like christopher hitchens I, I generally agree with his statement where he said you know in general good people do good things and evil people do evil things for a good person to do an evil thing requires religion um or you know you might amend that to be some kind of dog dogmatic ideology or something like that um and so you know, we have to be careful of our thoughts as individuals because they can lead us to behave uh, in ways that are bad for us and bad for those around us. And so we, we want to get our thoughts right, but we can't use force against other people if they don't have their thoughts right. And, you know, the only time we can use force is when they start acting on those thoughts. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, th that's where that those are my I guess, thoughts on it, you know, we can't start using violence against thought crimes. And so, yeah, I, I suppose this went a little differently than I expected talking about the right to the residential schools, but I think it's an important point and hopefully it helps people sort of see how we think about it and also why, like, personally, the, the it doesn't impact me, uh, like, oh, we found it, okay, that's really bad, but this is like just par for the course, this is what happens when we live in this sort of system and and this sort of thing. But do you have any last thoughts? Well, I mean, we. I guess my last thought is, you know, I have incredible amount of sympathy and, um, you know, I, I personally have friends who are, are like suffering the trauma that you can connect a, a line back to those residential schools and they're they're you know they're struggling to build pick themselves up out of that i'll help those people all day long I, i'll give them resources i'll you know i'll personally do what i can uh within my means to help them in terms of a governmental solution i don't know what it is i i you know just money or reparations clearly not the answer we can't victimize people to to restore non-victimized people but you know one part of the solution would be returning autonomy to those people stop making them you know get rid of like the all, all this residential school stuff was done under the auspices of the indian act you need to we need to get rid of the indian act and this horrible piece of legislation that is race-based right it says if you're of this race or this ancestry then you get treated this way um, by the state. So we have to get rid of that. Um, we have to look at, at ways of giving indigenous people back their sovereignty and letting them be able to live the kind of lives they want under their own um, code of, of rule. Uh, and, you know, they, they have to be able to be in charge of the resources under their feet. And I've said this over and over again. And, and I think that would be an, a, a, 
that needs to happen before we can have any kind of reconciliation and healing process. Because as long as we're keeping on victimizing these people, you know, it's like we're continually breaking their leg and then, yeah, we should give them a crutch to, to help them out. But instead of continually uh, breaking their leg and giving them crutches, how about we just stop breaking their damn leg? And then we can talk about, okay, what does it look like to be a good neighbor and what can our institution, the government do to right the wrongs that it has been, been uh, complicit in, in the past. And what does that look like? Then we can have that conversation and, and maybe move forward with some healing and some, some proper thing. But, um, you know, until that happens, I, I just, I don't know how, how we get, um, get there and certainly burning churches and toppling statues and different things like that. Uh, it's hard to see how that can help anything, uh, at all. All right. Thanks, Tim. Mm -hmm.